This lecture is brought to you by Knox Theological Seminary on iTunes U. Knox is a seminary in the tradition of the Reformation that exists to educate men and women to declare and demonstrate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that this teaching will be beneficial in your Christian life and ministry. We need to talk about the Holy Spirit because that's sort of one major theme we've left untouched. Yeah. Um, it might be good if we can all look at page 55 to 57. Uh, 17th argument of the first disputation. I have to uh, note that the paragraph that in that starts at the end um, says the Turks you know, have priests and religious people who on sundry days experience an ecstasy are enraptured in life or sometimes stretched out without consciousness. They speak about grand and marvelous things. Simple folks are captured by these things. I couldn't help but draw a straight line, and this is kind of mean, to our current um, fascination with books and movies about afterlife experiences. Um, because that is a huge sort of market right now, and if you walk into any Christian bookseller, you'll see all of these things. And I think Luther's word at the end is salient um, towards what is happening there. God the Father commanded us not to listen to such raptures, but to the Son, in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom. Uh, that's a sort of just a, just a side comment, but I think it's, I think it's a, a, a relevant um, thing that you have to deal with because... Even just in the short time I've been in this church, I've already seen a lot of that stuff. And it's really hard to point people. Just a couple of months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, in this official capacity, I've been preaching and teaching there for almost two years, I guess. Yeah. What do you make of this um, distinction, not of God hidden in himself and God revealed, but specifically of the Holy Spirit. I know that there seemed to be some sort of question about this uh, yesterday, but... Well, so the yeah. distinction he's making is that the Holy Spirit, like it's, it's in his summary. The Holy Spirit is God in his nature and then he's author of the law. And in that respect, he is convictor of sin. Mm -hmm. And then through Christ, he's gift, vivifier, sanctifier. Yeah. Um, I don't. Part of what I'm wrestling with is that is it not a, a gift that the Holy Spirit comes to convict of sin too, because mm -hmm. it prepares for the gospel. Is that not a blessing from God? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's, you don't receive being murdered as blessing. Yeah, but it is <clears throat> so far as it prepares me for resurrection. Yeah. That's kind of a minor question. It's no, no, that's a good question. He keeps on like categorizing these pretty sharply, and I'm like, ah, do you need to? Yeah. That's the question I have. That's the thing when, you know, there's another part in here where uh, Agricola is saying grace teaches you to repent. And Luther says, no, that's a category error. Um, grace does this thing. And that made me, sorry, this is kind of a tangent, it made me think of Amazing Grace. 
Um, um, taught my heart taught to fear. My heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. Right. I think Luther would freak out if he saw that. Um, yeah. Because he, he would say, it is a necessary work to teach your heart to fear, but it is not grace. It is a, the good, holy, right, proper, and true work of God, right. but it is not grace. And the only the, the thing that's important with that is making those category distinctions so that grace remains grace. Mm-hmm. That's hard too, though. And I just When I think about the fact that God convicts me of my sin, that's a gracious act so that I can actually see me for me. I, I, feel, I feel that on the other side of it, it doesn't feel yeah. in the moment like grace, but I know it is grace. Mm. Well, it's a part of the holistic, gracious work of God to give me law. Mm. That's part of the reason, I, I mean, I'm really happy saying the law is good, among other things, just that it's good rooted in his character. But it's good because what it does is good. Yeah. Ultimately. I don't think killing is bad. Hmm. You are also the person for whom Christ has made the del- a delight, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I guess you can never say alone it is good. Always, yeah. Say that again? Can you ever say what? Uh, I guess you could say the law alone can't be gift. Right. It can't be gracious. But only in so far Grace as... Grace is receiving the opposite of what we deserve. Right. Whereas but is the law Jacob is saying, let's <clears throat> clarify. Who am I? Who are you? What's going on here? Let yeah. me call a thing a thing. Blessing is that theology of the cross. Tell me who I am. Tell me the way things actually are. Oh, sinner, grace, that thing, the, the life between justifying God and the sinning human. Yeah. And maybe grace is wrong. Maybe it's just that I'm saying law is good. Good, right, and holy. Yeah. But it's not necessarily gracious. Mm-hmm. Words. Now I'm going Hear that every time I hear amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's I once that was pointed out to me at one point I was like, oh. you wrote a song for him. I know. That's all right. I'm not gonna talk about that. <laughs> no. Yeah. Let's well, exactly right now. <laughs> I've done too many of those and touch that battle scars. <laughs> I uh, you know, I think one thing that's important here for Luther in making that distinction between gift is the way it's rooted in his reading of the biblical narrative which is that insofar as God is hidden, he is the God in Exodus um, who cannot reveal himself to you because God's hiddenness is the thing that devours you and burns you up um, just to death. So I think insofar as within his reading of the narrative, God's hiddenness there is nothing but fire, um, nothing but doom. It, It can't be a gift. It can't be considered good in that way if that makes sense gift language is tough for troublesome though for mm. me because I get bad gifts too you know it's all good gifts from God mm. yeah he's not the father who gives you serpents right um, but but he gives me the law yeah which feels awfully serpent not as not as, fa- not as father my... though let's well, got <laughs> Gosh. It's got okay. it. It's opposite. All right. 
it, it, one thing that's interesting here is that in, earlier Luther, when he talks about God's hiddenness, just talks about God. There is no Trinitarian distinction. Right. Um, and here, there is room for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he says when the Holy Spirit is God in nature, then he's author. And then he says when he's a gift through Christ. So you almost got to go when the Holy Spirit is Father. Or at least you think that way because of the way biblical Trinitarian stuff works when it, mm. God equals Father in those moments in those Trinitarian moments. Yeah, even though to go back to yesterday, the hidden God is triune. We just don't know him as such. Um, and that's where you get the distinction between God hidden and God revealed. The one we don't know as Trinity, we just know as hidden. The other we do know as triune, and we can't get a unity in our experience of him in that way. But here, Luther at least uses um, the language of distinction to, to do that. When he speaks of the bare God, is that the Deus Nudus? Is that the words they would use? That, yeah, I think so. I mean, you've, is that in the text here? Bear God is a few times. Bear majesty. I was trying to piece together where those... I've got the Latin, but if you find the English, I can sort of parallel it out. On page 57, first full paragraph, one, two, three, four, fifth, six words. Therefore, where the bear God speaks in his majesty. <laughs> where? When I just hear bear God, I... Which, <laughs> so 17th argument, which, which uh, paragraph? The second one. Second paragraph. No, not the second paragraph. Oh, the first full one. On page. Oh, not page I don't have page numbers. Um, so one, two, third paragraph up from the eighteenth argument. Okay. Okay. Therefore, when the bear God speaks in His Majesty, He only terrifies and kills. Oh, it's no, a- it's not. It's not de. It's Deo Agere. Agere. Mm. And I don't know what that means. Other than bear. It's A-G-E-R-E, I think. No, it's nudus deus. Oh, really? Yeah, hmm. yeah, nudus deus. Oh, that's good. You know, it, but it just seems like this is kind of a technical, somewhat complex theological move from Luther. Yeah. But his only motivation is to show that the law has no power in working apart from God. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Authorship, omnipotence. Yeah. Well, so I just, I mean, I guess I don't understand why he is reticent to attribute conviction of skin, sin to the Holy Spirit. I mean, does at the end, but mm-hmm. he says in, like, the second paragraph that begins with this illustrates, the second sentence, it is dangerous to want to explore and comprehend bare divinity, but that might be another nude thing. Uh, by means of human reason without Christ mediated. Oh, that's not it. But I just, I put here, don't we also attribute conviction of sin to the Holy Spirit? Like John 16, 8. Yeah, it's read the thesis that he's arguing against. Right beneath the 17th argument. Right. Contrition is the work of the Holy Spirit. By the law, the Holy Spirit is not given. Therefore, contrition cannot be given by the law. Hmm. They're saying, Contrition is given by the Holy Spirit. Okay. It's the Holy Spirit okay. is the author. So I just misread that yeah. section. Yeah. Okay. So he's arguing against antinomianism. Yeah. That the Holy Spirit is all good, it's all God, all gospel. There is no law in it. 
Their divinity is nudum divinitatem. Mm. A few minutes ago, Zach said something about it feels like you know a serpent gift when we get the law, and you you said something, but didn't catch what you said. It says not the father. Father doesn't give serpents, but Deus nudus does. Hidden God. The hidden God gives serpents. I, I was I was referring to the gospel text. Um, you know, if, even even if your earthly fathers wouldn't give you this, so much more will your heavenly Father give you what you need. You know. But when he puts on his devil mask, yeah. <laughs> God is devil. When he turns into Krampus. What? <laughs> <laughs> You know the myth of Krampus, no. like the evil Santa Claus? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. runs around like Germany and Eastern Europe eating children. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. There's a Krampus movie coming out soon. It was um It's it, on the office. In the old uh, in the old uh, medieval there's a guy that came with Santa Claus. So your Santa Claus gave good gifts and Krampus gave a bad stuff. <laughs> Well, let me show you a picture. Krampus. Yeah, there's a movie coming out. Um, Krampus, Krampus, Santa Claus. It was kind of like a little demon. There's no kidding. There are old pictures of this. Um, like, yeah, that's Krampus. Oh. And so, so Satan. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I know we've joked about it a lot, but wait, hold on. Is the hidden, and I could be missing something huge. There you go. Is the hidden god Satan, properly speaking? Satan. He's dancing around it. <clears throat> this and this is remember this is the the line that you're the two chasms you don't want to fall into is that God works all things in all. Mm-hmm. Satan is part of that. Mm-hmm. So God, God, part of God's working all in all um, would be would include the work of Satan. To send Satan to accuse you. The yeah. yeah. Um, therefore, people have been comfortable with saying, in a lot of ways, Satan is simply a mask of the hidden God working at, towards you, in the same way that we are masks of God, um, insofar as God works all things in all. Okay. The hidden God is not Satan. Satan. No. You can't identify Luther's the two. Luther's quote is, for God to be God, he must first become yeah. to you devil. Yeah. Saying, forgotten God, he must first be God. Isaiah 45, 15. Truly, you are a God who hides himself. Right. Mm. Oh, God of Israel, Savior. Yeah. yeah. So the, the point there is, is to remember sort of omnicausation, um, moving all things in all, not identity between God and the devil. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And Which it's is a hard one. Yeah. It's the Sunday school question. So did God put the serpent in the garden? We want to dance around it. Yep. <laughs> yes, children. <laughs> <laughs> but he did not cause or create the evil. <laughs> he only moved it. Well in that same section that I was reading from in Isaiah, you've got Isaiah forty five seven just above that. And he says the one forming light and creating darkness, 
causing well-being and creating calamity. Right. I am the Lord who do, who do, who does these things, things, things yeah. all things. And what is it like? Forty-five three. It's like shrouds of darkness. And, yeah, it's just like I don't want this stuff. Lamentations is it not from the hand of the Lord that both goodness and calamity come? Yeah. 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 And that's that's stuff we learn in the seminary, but that's it's there. It's yeah. there. And you got to God. We like to screw in that. Yeah. Defend God. No, we don't do that. Yeah. And, and, and actually, this is a poor translation because I started looking this up when we were studying it way back in the day. And I, as I recall, the word is bara, which is um, evil. I, Lord, create evil. Hmm. Bara. Yeah. yeah. And that's where, if you're Luther, to say anything else is to remove God's power. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, I want to I just one more passage, which I'll read to you. And this is kind of going off nothing we've just looked at. It's just I think it's insightful and humorous. Um, he's talking about when Satan works on you and, and incites the sin in you or to where you see it. Um, he says, Satan rears its head and, and incites the poor Christian to lust, to greed, to despair, or to hatred of God. There, I say, the Christian stirs himself up and says, as if in wonder, look, and you are still here. Welcome, Mr. Sin. Where were you? Where did you spend your time so long? Are you still alive now? From where do you come to us? Away with you to the cross. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. Where is that? That's page 151. Uh, you still around? Yeah. <laughs> hey, dude. Is that you back there? I thought you were supposed to be over the cross. <laughs> Get your little butt back down. Yeah, I love that. I do too. Anytime you catch Luther having imagined dialogues uh -huh. with sin or the devil, that's some of the best stuff. I know. It's beautiful. That's something else I bring into my counseling office, by the way. Have an imaginary conversation, and I'll say, yeah, if it's the devil, I have it with the devil. If it's mm. your flesh, it's like, oh, there you are. Of course. I knew you'd be here. Mm. You know, what took you so long? It really helps people. Yeah. Put a little bit of humor in there, and I'm like, okay, okay, I'm not nuts. Yeah. That's the same thing in the Psalms. Psalm 42 is a deer pants for the water, but then all of a sudden it's like, why are you so downcast, oh my soul? Mm. But you're hoping God. It's the same psalm as speaking to himself, having an imaginary conversation. It's Paul talking to death. It's Paul talking to death. You don't care, death. Where? Yeah. Victor, where is your sting? This it's yeah. really helpful. There's real spiritual import yep. in that kind yep. of spirituality. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And the life of repentance and the utter trustworthiness of the promise in Christ both leads you to take sin seriously and then not to take it overly seriously yes. <laughs> in a That's certain right. way. That's right. yeah. These courses provide a glimpse into our academic programs. Knox students can take one-week or semester-length courses in person at our South Florida campus or choose to complete a degree entirely online. By bringing together academic excellence, a vibrant community of learning, and flexible scheduling, Knox offers today's students timeless truth through modern convenience. For more information about earning credit toward a master's degree, please visit our website at knoxseminary.edu.